This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Thursday, April 14th. 2022, we got a lot going on today. Hey, starting uh, Monday, we'll be in Los Angeles. Hey, y'all. Live on the show next week, all week long. Mastro's on Sunday. Hell yeah. We're getting it in. Later in the show, we want to talk about, like, the perception of what California is. It's a rotting cesspool of homeless people. Goddamn libtards. Uh, Anyway... We'll talk about California. We got to talk about Elon trying to buy Twitter. Does Twitter need to be fixed? Like, is Twitter broken? I can tell you what's not broken, and that's our affiliate links in the description below. Yeah. That's a professional transition into you should click on the links. Yeah, because uh, AirPod Pros, I rave about my AirPod Pros all the time. I'm telling you, they are the single best uh, in-ear um pod air pro buds music thing and stuff and stuff that you've ever used and the airpod pro is fantastic i love it they're 30 percent off right now there is a link in the description of this here podcast Do if it. you are listening on audio as well as in our youtube uh on all of our channels you'll see uh, that we put affiliate links no matter if you're on a, uh, a podcast or the youtube channel um, yeah, so AirPod Pros are 30% off right now. It's a huge deal. Limited time. The link is the first one in the description below. By the way, we are giving away a PlayStation 5. Yeah. Uh, on this show as well, as soon as we get to 5,000. Um, I just want to say, because several people have emailed me. No, we have not announced the winner. Yes, those were bots and trolls. Yes, we turned off the comments on the PS5 video. Because we don't want our listeners getting scammed. So. You're getting emails. Yes. Listeners send me emails. Wow. And I don't want more. So I'm not going to tell you my address. But we're at 3,866 subscribers on YouTube. And if you are not subscribed, find us on YouTube. Please hit subscribe. When you watch our videos, please give us a thumbs up. It helps the channel grow immensely because when you give it a thumbs up, it says, you know, hey, your buddy Jimmy John's Dingleberry, like this video, maybe you will. Me. And it spreads it across the YouTube sphere. (laughs) So make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you hit subscribe. Um, Should be about four to six weeks until we get to 5,000. So let's go. Uh, win yourself a PS5. By the way, another question about merch yesterday. Yeah. Um, we do have a limited supply of our original T-shirt, the original uh, the shirt. The OG Monty Show T-shirt. Um, XL and 2X are what's available, um, if memory serves. So larger sizes. The Euro Casual shirts have been restocked. So we do have a full-size run of small, medium, large, extra large uh, cock holster size. So, yeah. um, if you buy a t-shirt from us, you also get five extra entries into the PS five drawing. Just DM Jake SLC supercars, SLC supercars, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Good morning to Justin Salas. Where have you been? My man. Good to see you. Steve Hambone, Edgar Garcia. What's up? 
Let's get into the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. I wonder how Jazz fans are feeling about this series. Let's take the temperature, uh, rectally or otherwise, of Jazz fans and Jazz Nation <laughs> as you get ready to take on the Dallas Mavericks. Because I think this is a series that most people assume the Utah Jazz should win. They are plus 300 or excuse me, minus 300 on the money line to win this series. Yep. That is a pretty good favorite. Um, I would thought it would have been more than that based on the fact that, man, you got to think Luka Doncic is not going to play in this series. Mm -hmm. And after talking to some experts. Sources. And really looking back on some of the more prominent calf injuries over the last five to six years in the NBA, this is the injury that kind of sets you up for the major Achilles tendon injury that inevitably comes when you have a significant calf strain. And yes, the Dallas Mavericks are saying that Luka Doncic avoided a major injury here, but it's a calf strain. And I simply point to the average days missed in a calf strain are 17. And if you do some NBA math, that's usually 7 to 10 games that you're going to miss. Now, I, I know you know this. This series is a seven-game series. Wow. In a compressed schedule, thank you. In a compressed schedule because the Dallas Stars are playing at home. Now, you said Tony Jones was tweeting about why yes. this was. The Saturday kickoff to this series, the tip-off on Saturday is 11 a.m. Pacific time. I think, right? Is it 11 Pacific? Uh, I think 10 it's, 11, Pacific. it's 10 Pacific. It's 11, 11 Mountain. Mountain. Um, which would be noon central. Yeah. And you say Tony Jones says that's because there's a lot of Euros in this yeah, series. Yeah, there was some conversation about how how there's a lot of Euros in this series, and frankly, there are. I mean, everybody from, even if Luka's not playing, you've got a lot of Luka Doncic fans overseas. I mean, the guy's a legend overseas. Um, you know, you've got you've got guys, obviously Rudy is is uh, is French, so you have that 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 contingent. There's several others, but I, but I think the league... The NBA is really good at knowing who is watching what particular games. You know, like, who do we need to get this game in front of? And so I think, you know, there was a lot of conversation about how, hey, they're putting this as a, as a you know, basically a middle-of-the-day game because they want to pander to the overseas crowd. Now, you being you and you being the person you are and doing your homework and you say that this is because the, the Dallas Stars – are at home Saturday night, and they need to turn the building over. Yeah, I was trying to figure out why this is that they are. Why is it that the um, you know the game is so early, and it's because the Dallas Stars play that night, and the Stars had a real epidemic of COVID outbreak uh, that happened during the season, so they lost a bunch of games that they're going to have to put on the end here. So this game represents one of those moments where the Stars play Saturday night at American Airlines Arena. So the NBA playoff schedule wasn't ideal. So they're going to they're gonna play this game at noon central, um, and then they're going to convert the building to hockey. Yeah. So I don't believe there's any conspiracy behind it. I simply think it's a scheduling conflict. Um, but here nor there, it is an odd time of day. 11 a.m. Mountain time is not usually when the Utah Jazz strap it on and play basketball. Right. And I think we've seen one of the things is that when this team's uncomfortable, they don't play their best basketball. But when we're talking about this series and we're talking about it with the Dallas Mavericks, the thing that really stands out to me is without Luke on the floor, what is this Dallas Mavericks team going to look like? 
I think they're going to go ultra small. That's just my opinion. I think especially with Maxi Kleba looking like he's going to be good to go in this series, I think they're going to play that ultra small ball that we have seen from them. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more rotation with Kleba and Dwight Powell. And my question simply for the Utah Jazz in this series is, how are you going to deal with a smaller, much faster lineup, which has traditionally throughout this season and really the last two seasons given you all kinds of trouble? And when I look at what the Dallas Mavericks are going to bring to the table, whether that's Brunson, Dinwiddie, um, you look at, at, at the, the myriad of quick guys, Dorian Finney-Smith certainly comes to mind. Um, you look at guys and you look at the way that this Dallas Mavericks team plays, Jake, and I see a lot of scary matchups for the, for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, and I think your point about them being small, just overall in the big picture, that's what I think the, the, the thing in this series is going to be. Because I think if you're the Dallas Mavericks and you don't have Luka, that's your next best option. And, you know, one guy that, that we, you know, I'm not going to say we disagree on, but we just look at differently is Jalen Brunson. I've seen Jalen Brunson over the course of the season, you know, do some pretty special things for this team, especially when Luka wasn't playing. I mean, there's a reason that they brought him in. And so I, I think that he's a guy that you will see running point for them. He is a guy that you will see playmaking and running the pick and roll and distributing. So if he's playing well, this team is 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 quite a bit more to handle than when Jalen Brunson is not playing his best basketball. So we'll see what he brings to the table. I think that's a name that you really want to pay attention to. You know, other guys that I look up and down this list, obviously Dinwiddie is going to be the number one option from a scoring perspective for this team right now. And, and Dinwiddie has shown multiple times that he can put up 30, 40 points in any game that he plays in. So, you know, without Luka, they have some options. But I think your point is the most important one, which is how do the Jazz handle playing small? Because that is something that has given them trouble. How does Quinn use uh, Rudy defensively versus a small ball type lineup because you know that the Mavericks are going to want to get out and run. You know that they're going to want to play in transition, alleviate the Rudy Gobert effect at the rim, and try to get as many easy buckets as possible and get that home crowd involved early. That is what you will see this team try to do in the first quarter of this game Saturday. So to me, if I'm the Jazz, I'm trying to find this middle ground where where we're playing with good pace, but we're also not playing you know, with our hair on fire. Because this team, the Jazz, are not a team where they can play with their hair on fire and be ultra successful. That's not who this team is. But they're also not a team that can play real slow, methodical basketball and be real successful. So when you're playing the Dallas Mavericks, who are definitely going to try and turn this into a track meet and get up and down, how do you find that balance? That's the first thing that I think you need to look for. The second thing I need, I think you need to look for is Donovan Mitchell. What does he roll out with in the first five minutes of this game? Because when I look at stars and I look at them coming out in the postseason, I want to see him come out in the first five to seven minutes of this game and get going, get to his spots, get to the bucket, maybe even get to the foul line and just see the ball go through the hole. That's what I think would lead to a lot of success for Donovan in this series because we can't have the, you know, one of five from three-point Donovan Mitchell. That's just not going to be an option for success. He needs to have that, you know, four of seven from three, you know, 10 of 18 from the field or whatever, like a real nice, efficient game to start this series off. Because what you're really looking for is a, uh, is a win here. In your, in the, in, you need to split the, the games in Dallas to start the series. And if you do that, 
this series will be a cakewalk for you. My feeling is you need to put your foot on the throat of the Dallas Mavericks right off the jump. I think you need to come out and make a statement in this series. Um, there can be no fourth quarter collapses. There can be no questions. There can be no should we throw the ball to Rudy. There can be no more of that. That time is done. Yes. All of that is past. It is now time to win games. And in the NBA playoffs, that has been difficult for the Jazz against better teams. So let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks real quick. How good is this team? I think they're they're pretty good. Without Luka Doncic, they're good, not great. Mm -hmm. And without Tim Hardaway Jr., I think that's a loss that not a lot of people are talking about. He had foot surgery. He's out for the playoffs. That's a loss on top of Luka Doncic. This is a series where the Jazz don't particularly match up well, no matter who, who's healthy. And the reason they don't match up well is the guy you talked about, Jalen Brunson, has uh, the ability to wreak havoc on teams like the Jazz because I think what you're going to see a lot of from the Dallas Mavericks is a corner three. I think you're going to see the Jazz have to play incredibly disciplined defense because the drive and kick game is strong. But the other problem that Jalen Brunson presents for you is that he is very good at finishing in tight spaces at the rim. He does not mind getting bodied up and getting fouled. He does not mind going to the line. So that's something to watch. How do the Jazz adjust when Jalen Brunson gets into the paint? Because I think that's going to be a big part of his game. And with all of this noise around who voted and what did Bill Simmons do on Defensive Player of the Year and is his mom going to win it over Rudy, what's Rudy Gobert's impact in the paint in driving kick situations? Because at some point, the Jazz are going to have to commit to turning off the three-point shot for the Dallas Mavericks because they're not different or that different, I should say, from the Utah Jazz, Jake, in that I think they live, die, and thrive when they're making that three ball. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I would agree with that. And that's why I think these two teams are so close because they do thrive on the three ball. But I think, you know, a couple of points you made there, I, I think the Jalen Brunson point is on point. He is going to play in the mid-range. He is going to be that you know, that guy who just kind of wanders through the free throw line extended, you know, he's dribbling the ball. He's got someone on his hip. He's trying to get fouled. And then he kicks it to the, to the corner to, to finish Smith for a three. That's the type of offense you will see from this team. I think the, the real question for the jazz defensively again, and I don't mean this in a, in a negative way about Rudy at all. I'm just simply going off of what we've seen before in the playoffs, where you have a situation where teams know how to get Rudy either to stay in the paint and leave the corner open or to go to the corner and leave the paint open. So which route do the Mavericks tend to go? How do they want to play that? That's what I think is going to be really fascinating to see. But I agree with you. You cannot let the Dallas Mavericks make 23s in this game. You cannot allow them. Really, I'd love to see them not make more than 15 threes in this game, honestly. I mean, if we're being brutally honest about what this Jazz team is capable of, I'd love to see them push out to the three-point line and force the Mavericks to utilize guys like Kleba or guys like Dwight Powell. You Make them get the ball to those guys for two-point finishes in the paint. That's what I think the mission should be defensively. Because you, you can't have a situation where you've got, you know, guys like Dinwiddie and Finney Smith and, and you know, wh whatever other guys you want to look to, even Brunson or Reggie Bullock. You can't have these guys just raining threes on you. That you just can't. can't happen. So that's why I say I think that 
that defense is obviously going to be really important for the Jazz here, but I think the, the most important thing, as it always is for this team, is Donovan Mitchell. Number one, can he can he stay healthy and not pick up that twisted ankle or that little that little injury that nags him through the playoffs? Number one. Number two, can he shoot the three ball effectively and take over this game early? Can he establish himself early and get it going and say, hey, I'm here. I'm a problem for you. Send the double and let me move the ball. Because that's ultimately what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Donovan get to a place where he's forcing the defense to double him and then he kicks it to Bogey or even Mike or who, whoever it is for a wide-open three-point look. That's their best offense, in my opinion. Yeah, and we'll see about what, what Bogey's availability is to play his regular load of minutes, and can the Jazz count on him? Uh, because he's also dealing with a calf strain, speaking of Luka. I mean, yeah. and by the way, the, the other guy that comes to mind when you talk about calf strains is Rudy Gobert. I mean, he missed that long stretch of games with a calf injury that was not nearly as clear as Luka's. Right. I mean, there's a lot of questions as to, you know, is, you know, just how dangerous are calf injuries and not to go back to that. But I think the example is the ulnar collateral ligament in a pitcher. Yes. What's the injury that usually is a precursor to tearing the ligament in your elbow? Well, it's usually a forearm strain. Forearm and, discomfort. Yeah. And that forearm strain is usually what uh, is what leads you to Tommy John surgery. So. Yeah. It's unfortunate that that's the reality of it, but I, the small ball lineup has been something of a uh, of of kryptonite for this Jazz team, and guys like Reggie Bullock, I, I mean those guys thrive when they're making threes. Guys like, again Spencer Dinwiddie, guys. Bertans. Eh, Davis Bertans is a guy that I don't fear much. He's a guy that to me is he has bounced around the league because when he's hot, yeah, there's nobody else you want shooting threes, but he could be had. It's, yeah. it's guys like Spencer Dinwiddie who can create their own shot at all three levels that really worry you because the Jazz don't have an answer for that. Now, will he be limited on some level because Luka's not out there to create space for him? Yeah, I think he will be. Um, and I think they're going to have to find a way to still run their offense but be better in the pick and roll. And Dwight Powell and Luka were fabulous in the pick and roll together. Yeah. Um, so how do they duplicate that? Because without Luca, they're still going to be a pick and roll team. To me, it's just a question of how they duplicate that. And as far as, as the Mavericks go, I, I do agree. Brunson's one of those guys you got to watch, but Reggie Bullock's three point shot is one you got to watch. Mm -hmm. If he's making a lot of three, the jazz are going to struggle in this series because he also has the ability to go by you. And one of the interesting things about Luca is Luca Doncic isn't the guy that's beating you with quicks. He's beating you with handle. Because you have to respect that three. So he beats you with a bit of a hezzy. And then he goes up. He fakes up to shoot that three. As soon as your momentum comes forward, he goes to the basket. Whereas guys like Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dinwiddie, those guys have the ability, Reggie Bullock, has the ability to go by you. And guys like Royce, who actually has fared pretty well against Luka Doncic. Because Luka, again, isn't lightning fast. Mm-hmm. Guys like Royce are going to struggle with guys like Bullock, guys like Dinwiddie, these quicker guys, guys like Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, you know, those guys are going to struggle to keep guys in front of them. Now, is is Daniel House going to be a guy that can change that? Yeah, I would think so. But let's see what the lineup combination is for the Mavs because if you have all those guys on the floor together, which is probable, in fact, I would say, 
what do you do with Daniel House? Yeah. I mean, great question. Like, that's the question that I have is how are you going to deploy these guys to limit what the Jazz are able to do in the paint? Yeah, I I think that <laughs> that's that is the series. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I, if I'm you know I'm, I got the roster the the Mavericks roster pulled up right here, and yeah, I'm probably deploying deploying House on Dinwiddie. I mean, that's that's the matchup and the guy I want to stop. You know, Brunson is a point guard matchup. You know, you're probably putting Mike or Don on him, but Dinwiddie is the guy. If I had to go up and down this list, and obviously Luca's out. But if without Luca, I'm going up and down this list. Dinwiddie's the X factor because he's the guy. I'm telling you, he is capable of putting up 40 in a postseason game. He that is within his skill set. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I'm not saying he'll do it Saturday, but you just that's the type of standout performance that you cannot allow happen if you want to win these win one of these games in Dallas. So yeah, I mean, I'd probably put House on Dinwiddie. Um, as far as Bogey's concerned. I'm I'm trying to create a situation where he you don't need much from him defensively because I agree you know his health situation is not great right now but you'd like to see him get 10 to 15 points for you throughout this game make a couple of threes you know have an impact and then go sit down you know that's you're trying to limit his exposure so we'll see I think the other thing we got to talk about is is how long and how effectively is Rudy Gobert deployed defensively versus the small ball lineup because what we often see Quinn do is take him out with between six and eight minutes left in the in the quarter. He rests him for a good portion of the second quarter, and then he'll come back to finish. So I'm curious, you know, do we see more Rudy Gay in this series? Do we see a ton of Hassan Whiteside? What, what does that look like? Because that ultimately, if you can get that right, I think you're really setting yourself up to, to really control the pace of the game. If you can get that rotation right versus this team. Well, let's talk about the uh, elephant in the room, and that is Donovan Mitchell's struggles of late. Um, do you believe in Donovan? Like, what is your level of confidence with Don right now? I mean, I, I think that Donovan is one of those players that steps up to the plate in big moments. You know, I, I, I understand that he he hasn't, you know, he hasn't um, been the guy we've wanted him to be so far in his playoff opportunities, but I think this is the first one in a minute where he's been, I, th I mean, I think he's 100% healthy. I, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. So, you know, I, I think this is the first time where you're walking into the playoffs, you're feeling good with where your body is at, and you're just ready to prove a point. And that's the biggest thing. I think in the bubble, the when they played the, the Nuggets in that series and they were just battling and going back and forth, that was different than what this is. I feel like for Donovan in the bubble, it was just like, all right, we're just trying to we're trying to do everything that we can do to win the series. I'm not I'm like it wasn't like, hey, I'm coming out to prove a point or right, right. anything like that. We're just trying to win the game. But in this series, I feel like because of the way the season has gone, Donovan is trying to prove a point. I think with the Rudy Gobert drama that the that Donovan and, and Rudy have had together all season, Don is trying to prove a point. Like I I wouldn't surprise me even a little bit to see Donovan Mitchell roll out with 35 and 10 in this game. Honestly, I wouldn't even be a what little bit What do you mean surprised. proving a point though? Like proving a point that he is he is that guy for this team. Like proving a point that he is the best player in this series, right? Even though that's a that's a pretty heated debate between him and Luka. I think most people would take Luka, but I think if you're Don, your mentality has to be I got to come out and I got to show these guys that I'm capable of dominating them night in and night out. And and that I think that mentality 
is different than what he's been going through the last couple of playoff series he's been in. Well, and frankly, his offense is not my biggest concern because I do think he winds up head-to-head with Jalen Brunson. Um, and I do think that Don's defense is going to be a real critical element of this series. I mean, yeah. how well Donovan Mitchell performs on defense will likely determine whether they come back to Salt Lake City trailing, tied, like in the lead in this series. Like if Donovan Mitchell is able to inflict some damage on the Mavericks defensively, that's only going to help their cause at the other end. Because I mean, it, it, it is not a secret. I'm a huge Donovan believer. I believe in Don. I think he is the best player in this series, even if Luka is healthy. I think Donovan Mitchell has the ability to score 50 points a game in this series. The question to me is, what is he capable of defensively? What is his impact on the team as a whole defensively? Because when guys are getting in the paint, we've seen that it causes havoc for the Jazz because they don't move well. They don't rotate well defensively. So you've got to be able to count on guys like Donovan Mitchell to stand in front of Jalen Brunson. You have got to be able to count on guys like a Daniel House to take that best player on the floor and make his life more difficult. The Jazz have not been able to do that to guys like Devin Booker, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We saw that last week against the Suns. Yeah. With House out there or House not out there. With Royce and House out there together, the Suns had their way. And it always comes down to Donovan Mitchell. It will on both ends. But trust me when I say – I believe his defense is just as and maybe more important than his offense because my feeling is Donovan is going to score 40. to he, he will have a 50-point game in this series. That's just my guess. This, this stuff that happened last year in the Memphis series with the Doctors and mm -hmm. the Clippers, Donovan is motivated not by showing Rudy Gobert he's the best player. Donovan Mitchell is motivated by being the best player in big games when you're on national TV and everybody's watching. Yep. To me, that's what Don's motivation is. His motivation is to win a championship. These are championship hours now. These are championship moments. And to me, that's what Don's motivation is. I I think this, this Rudy Donovan stuff is so overplayed in the game because it doesn't matter in the game. Don's doing Don, and that's just is what it is, right? Rudy's got a job to do. And if he truly is only focused on winning a championship, Rudy Gobert will continue to set screens and roll to the basket. He'll continue to be the best offensive rebounder because that's what's best for this Utah Jazz team. But they need Donovan Mitchell to be a 40-point defensive stalwart, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he can be that. Yeah. Because his biggest question to me is defense, not offense. Yeah, I completely agree. So completely agree. Let's get some of your comments in here as we uh, look forward to uh, the Mavs and the Jazz. Real quick, real quick before we read the comments. Just to be clear, what is your feeling on the series right now? Do you think this is a deep series? Do you think this is a five-gamer? Yes. No, you... this is going to be a sixer. This is going to be, especially because the format is 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. Yeah, which, by the way, I really like that format, just to put that out there. I really like the 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. I think it, it, it levels a playing field But here's what scares you. You have got to handle your – there's no question. You have got to handle your business at the Viv. Yeah. There is no question about that. Yeah. If this series – goes back to Dallas for a game seven, you're, you're, you're not winning the series. If this, if this series goes seven games, you're not winning this series. The ideal scenario is you make two trips to Dallas and that's it. You win a game in Dallas and then you close out a game in Dallas. That's it. Yes. You have a closeout game in Dallas because if you're going back for game seven, if you got to get on that, tr that plane the third time, it's over. Yeah. You're in real trouble yeah, it's not because good. now you're 10 days into this series 
and you're putting yourself back in Luca's window. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not doing it. I'm not. My feeling is, is that Luca will not play in this series. Yeah. I would be shocked if he, there's not a chance in my opinion that he's able to play Saturday. I just don't see that happening. I, I really don't. I, I, I think that's a that's an awfully big ask for the kind of injury that that Lucas suffered, the kind of calf strain that he he is enduring. It is not an easy one to overcome, and my feeling is is that he will not he will not play Saturday. But mark my words, if you come out and win one of these games in Dallas, and Don has a fifty point game, and if Donovan Mitchell is able to limit the guy in front of him, and I don't care if it's if it's Boban. Or if it's Jalen Brunson. Boban, uh, Marjanovic, big guy. Yeah, with huge ears. Yeah. Dumbo. Like, I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. He's got to do his job defensively. He doesn't need to do the team's job. And this is probably the other thing that I would pay attention to. Do we see Don versus versus the Mavericks, or do we see the Utah Jazz versus the Mavericks? Oh, I think we'll get Don versus ever, Don and everybody else a couple of times in this series. Well, those are bad times. Those are dark days well, for the Utah Jazz. But you they just tend need to fall to know into that. that when adversity hits. They do. Yeah. All right. Let's get some of your comments in here. Spencer Morgan says, I need to change my uh, YouTube handle to Jimmy John's Dingleberry. I agree. You should. Yeah. I think you should. Rub your butt on the carpet. Um, wow. Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Jazz should win, but I think this will be a dogfight. Jazz in six. Mm. Boy, I sure hope so, man. I would love nothing more for them to, to handle this series in six and move on, man. I don't want I don't want to come. I mean, I'd have to look at the schedule again. I don't want to be talking about a game seven two there's Mondays a, from now. There is a good chance that they the Jazz it, on Monday when we talk about this, the Jazz need to be in position to win this series in five. Yeah, which means they've got to win one of the first two games in Dallas. Yeah, that's that's just what you got to do. Uh, Edgar Garcia says, uh, if the jazz win this series, great. I'm, if not, I'm fine with it. Also, I might be more excited to see them blow this mofo up and see what, and if they do anything, keep it real. It's an interesting conversation. Honest to goodness, Edgar. I think that's a really interesting conversation. Justin Salas says without Luca, this should be a win. Yes, it should. Yes. For the jazz. I'm assuming you mean. Uh, my kid's soccer game is at noon on Saturday. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad of a dad am I uh, if I were to miss my son's game to watch the Jazz? But but here's the thing, Justin, that temperature you're running and that scratchy throat you have, I mean, you know, and the general body soreness that you're feeling, those are flu-like symptoms, man. Wow, and, Dad. Wow. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, I, I'm I'm prescribing, you know, that you spend some time on the couch resting this weekend. I mean, I or I, I don't know. You could just get your Directv app out and stream the game, you know, at the soccer game. Stop being practical. Stop being practical. My point is, look, man, you're not feeling well. They, it, there are going to be more soccer games. Your health is paramount. Pause, bro. Pause. Yeah, Come you, you got to go to the soccer game, dude. Uh, BB says we will see tonight if this team is together or just broken. We will see. Well, they don't play tonight, so yeah. I don't know what not, you're looking for. Really. I mean, if you're going to be at the team dinner, let me know how it goes. Yeah. Spencer Morgan says, guys, the Mavs are one of the least transition teams in the NBA statistically. But think about that. Why is that? Well, because Luka is a slower player. This is not a fast-break team when Luka's running the running Without the ship. Luka. Without Luka, don't you have to play with your hair on fire? Because yep. you got to find a way to compensate for the 30 points you're not getting from him. Yep. 
And you got to find a way to compensate for the three ball you're not getting. And from you don't want to play. You don't want to. You don't want to play Rudy Gobert at the rim more than you have to. I mean, again, put yourself in the Mavericks' shoes. You, your best player is not going to play in this game. That said, you still feel like you can win this game if you're the Mavericks, which I agree with. I still think they're in this game. Yeah. But you're. I agree with you. You're going to have to compensate somewhere to make up for the, hey, Luka dropped 40 on the Jazz in game one. Like, you're going to have to compensate for that. So, yeah, I, I just think they may not be a transition team most of the time, but this isn't most of the time. This is not no, no. no Luka. You're going to have to come up with a game plan to compensate, and that's that would be – Based on the Jazz starting lineup and, and the way Rudy Gobert plays the game and the way they play when Rudy's on the floor, that's the that's the window of opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Um, 15 points a game at 70%. Yeah, suck a waste not. Yeah, this stat. Without so this Dallas' stat, best player, we should win. Listen, this stat is one of the most overhyped stats I've ever heard in my life. This stat that he's referencing says that that Rudy has a 70% field goal percentage on 15 points a game, and that and that's why he should be considered in the MVP conversation, along with the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I'm and all, out on this. And, and all I have to say is, dude, like stats are not all that matter, right? The Mavericks on paper can be one of the least transition teams in the league. That doesn't mean a damn thing when Luka Doncic is hurt, right? Rudy can shoot 70% from the field. My mom can shoot 70% from the field if she could dunk everything. It doesn't mean a damn thing, man. It, it just does not matter. And the other thing that I point to is what does that mean in the playoffs? What does that mean in the final five minutes of games? What, it, what does any of that mean? He shoots 70%. He scores 15 points. Like, he's a great screen and roll player. Look at all the screen assists, Mont. Oh, man. He's the greatest screen player ever since Travis John Dingleberry Bothole. Hey, guys. So I just ask you, what does that mean in the playoffs? What did it mean in the Clippers series? What has it meant against the Rockets and the Suns? And What did it mean against Joel Embiid and the Sixers? What does it mean? It doesn't mean a damn thing because the game changes. The game becomes isolation, half-court execution in the playoffs. And whether it's Terrence Mann or Luka Doncic, and Rudy played well against Luka with that block shot, but how did that turn out in Dallas when, oh, wait, that's right, Rudy didn't play. I'm telling you, you can keep running these stats out, and I'll again preface it by saying Rudy's a great player. He is an impactful player on the game, but he's not somebody you want with the ball in his hands in the final five minutes. Great, he shoots 70%. Are you advocating to give the ball to Rudy Gobert in the final five minutes? Because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Nope. It's it's dereliction of duty if you are throwing him the ball in the final five minutes. Yeah. It, it just – all of this stuff, the Rudy Gobert thing, I'm so done talking about this. Yeah. Like, if Rudy Gobert is the guy that you want leading your team, you'll never win a championship. This Jazz team is built around Rudy Gobert. And their limitations are glaring. And I can only say it for going on three years. As long as Rudy Gobert is the center of this team, they will not win a championship. They're not built to win a championship. He's not built to be the centerpiece of a championship team. Oh, but that's why Golden State wants him to replace KD. Some idiot said that yesterday on Twitter. And and I li- I almost threw up on my keyboard. He's the replacement for KD. You re No. No, I'm not doing it. Anyway, thanks for commenting. We, pre- we, we appreciate it. 
What's up, Teddy Wayman? Good to see you. Spencer oh, says, BB, he gets his points off of rebounds and lobs. Take a look at results on film. When the Jazz try to pass him the ball with his back to the basket in the post, it's not good. Turnover. BB says he gets 90% of his shots around the rim heading to the basket. 70% is don't, don't care of he gets them from lobs. But putbacks, it doesn't matter. That is 15 or more points uh, at a high level. Okay, so then I ask you again. When Rudy has his best offensive games, how does that happen? Okay, well, here's how it happens. He is an elite rebounder. He is seven foot nine feet tall and stuff. He's got arms the size of airplanes. So he's a great rebounder. But that means that the Jazz are missing three-point shots. Is that a recipe for them to win games? No. It's not. This team needs to shoot a minimum of 40%, and they generally need to make 25 to 33 pointers in a game to win comfortably. And so in the final five minutes, which is all that matters in the NBA, especially in the NBA playoffs, in the final five minutes, what you're saying here, and I'll read your comment again, put a five minute, final five minutes of the game lens on this comment. He gets 90% of his shots around the rim heading to the basket. 70% is don't care of he gets them from lobs or putbacks. It doesn't matter. That's 15 or more points at a high level. So, A, you think teams are just letting him roll to the basket in the final five minutes. Did you see Terrence Mann block his shot in that Clipper game? Did you see Mikhail Bridges and... JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton front front and back on Rudy Gobert to prevent the lob. And by the way, in the final five minutes of a game, what's Rudy's best use? Rudy Gobert's best use, especially when the Jazz have been collapsing, is to get fouled and go to the line to slow the game down. That's what he's been doing to help the Jazz. You can't let him dribble. I, his, I haven't looked at it in a long time, but his his shot percentage after he dribbles is dismal. Awful. It's terrible. When Rudy Gobert dribbles the basketball one or more times, his his field goal percentage is dreadful. Dreadful. When he dribbles, his turnover rate is embarrassingly high. When the ball comes below his shoulders, which is a terrible habit that he has, he gets the ball, you're a seven foot plus. Keep the ball above your head. But he doesn't do that. He brings the ball down. He gets stripped. Yeah. Then what's that do? He winds up bitching and moaning to the official. And then he doesn't run down the floor. And they get a layup. And when you look at the way that teams isolate Gobert, and this is my question for guys like BB and everybody else, like Avli, like all these guys that support yeah. Rudy Gobert as the centerpiece. What do you do when teams like the Clippers and the Suns and I'm sure we're going to see it from the Mavericks. When they ISO switch, they they switch, they run pick and roll to force you to switch to isolate Rudy Gobert on a Jalen Brunson, on a Spencer Dinwiddie, on a Dorian Finney-Smith. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when they run that switch and reverse the ball so that Rudy has to guard some like Pat Beverly in the corner? What's your answer to that? And the problem is there isn't one. Are you better off with Hassan Whiteside on the floor? No, you're not. No, you're not. But what I would tell you is give up the three ball. Let Rudy Gobert do what he does best, which is defend the paint in the rim. Don't let it, don't, if they're going to hit threes on you, okay, rotate, do what you can do, but allow Rudy Gobert to, to defend in the paint. 
Yeah. I don't know what else you do. That's that's the answer. Donovan misses eight threes. Um, is that more effective than Rudy getting 70% at the rim? Anyway, Jeremy Bolton says, if playoff Donnie show... Whoa, comment dump. Comment dump. My apologies. If playoff Donnie shows like he has in the past, the Jazz will be fine. I agree. I agree. BB says the Jazz Rudy is not this fault that Donovan, Royce, and Clarkson play defense without Rudy. This team is just bad. I would double check your comment before you hit send because I don't understand what that means. Statistically, Donovan is, in, is incredible when he has two or more days of rest. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He will have a 50-point game in this yeah, series. I mean, there's no doubt about he it. He will. Yeah. He will. I just, you know, I, I think one of the things that's interesting is what this series eventually turns into. We'll have a pretty good look. We'll have a pretty good look next week when this series is here. Because you're going to know all you need to know about this Utah Jazz team. Probably probably at the, the final horn of game one. Because you're going to play at 11 in the morning when you usually don't do that. Your body clock's going to be all screwed up. What does that mean for you? There's a lot of reasons to believe the Jazz will lose game one no matter who plays. Let's see if they can win it. Because if they win game one, they'll have a chance to choke them out in game two. Yeah. So let's see what happens. Uh, am I the only one hoping that Royce tweaks his ankle so House actually gets time? Yeah, that's foolish. You don't want anybody getting hurt. Yeah. You want guys healthy. I don't know how to 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 articulate this to Jazz fans. Royce O'Neal has value. He is one of your top seven guys. You better find value. You better find a use for him. He's going to start, and he's going to play. And again, I feel like I'm the one who's been carrying the torch for for Royce O'Neal sucks for, or doesn't, how do I say this correctly? Royce O'Neal's not a defensive stopper, and he never has been. He has a use. Make him shoot the corner three and ask him to rebound. That's what he does really well. That's what he does really well. And if he does that, great. Who the but, f*** are you? But oh, you bet... Yeah, my, bad. my finger slipped there. Sorry. His name is Royce O'Neal. That's Sorry. who the, he is. Yeah, my bad. Royce and Daniel House will be on the floor together. Yeah. This is a small ball series. Royce and Daniel will be on the floor together. I would embrace that. Yeah. I would embrace that. Quinn will be Quinn no matter how bad a guy is playing. He will let them suck and uh, lose us the game. You, so wait. I, BB, I, you're new to the show and I appreciate you being here. Thank you for commenting. Royce O'Neal is not the reason you're what losing are the, games. Hold on. You're, what, he's not the reason you're losing games. Where's the positive take on the team? I don't know. I'm just waiting for – I mean, obviously you're a Rudy Gobert supporter, and that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But, like, what is the – what are the positive takes as well? Because, I mean, I just feel like, you know, you want to blame Quinn. You want to say, you know, Royce sucks or whatever. Like, what do you like about the team? Um, I would love to hear that. <laughs> What I like about the team is that I think you have I think you have an opportunity to win this series. Yeah. What I like about this, what I'm looking forward to and what I like about this team is that I think Donovan Mitchell's a superstar and I love watching him play in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he loves moments like this. Does the ball always go in the hole? It doesn't. But I have a feeling we're going to get 30, 40 point Donnie and he's going to give us a 50 point game. Yeah. And you know what? Guys like Royce O'Neal, guys like... Daniel House, 
they're not the reason you lose games. Yeah. You want to point to a guy that's that's going to be a determining factor in this series? Look at Boyan Bogdanovich. You want a role player that has to come up big? Boyan Bogdanovich. Dorian Finney-Smith. He's got to come up. Dorian's got to have a huge series for them to win. Um, I look at I look at Hassan Whiteside. They're going to need Hassan Whiteside. Rudy Gobert is going to be in foul trouble in this series. They're going to need Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. I mean, you have got to get the level-headed, energetic, I want to be here. Hey, basketball's fun, Hassan Whiteside. Instead of the, you know, the jag that's yelling at the fans and <laughs> the <jag>. flexing <laughs> when they're down 20. And yeah. You need Hassan Whiteside to be present. Royce O'Neal is not going to be the reason you win or lose games. Yeah. It's not. That's more likely to be Donovan and Boyan. Those two guys. Boyan Bogdanovich, again, not to be redundant. X factor. He needs 20 points a game, and he needs to rebound. He needs to be a rebounder. Because second, you can't have second chance opportunities in the playoffs. Those transition threes that he's able to knock down are going to be huge in this series, man. Like, gotta have if it. It's, even if he just makes four three point shots a game, which obviously he's capable of making like seven or eight. But even if he were to just make four, that's huge. I mean that that's that's a great contribution. So we'll see. And the question is, what's more likely, Boyan scoring twenty or Don scoring fifty? And my guess is it's Boy, it's Don scoring fifty. Yeah. Because too many times, Boyan just has been a non-factor. But what we can't have is Don trying to score 50 and bricking everything. Yeah. We can't have that. Can't have that. Cannot do it. David Morris says, Quinn needs to make lineup adjustments and stop sticking with a broken lineup. Okay, give me a lineup adjustment. What's a lineup adjustment? By the way, I hate to break it to you. This is the playoffs. So what is the lineup adjustment yeah, this... that you want to make now? Yeah. There's no lineup adjustment but this to has make. Been, this has been. This is what I've been saying. This is what we've been saying on the show. Like, you know, that that's the issue for the people who are saying, "Well, Quinn sucks." Like, all right, well, if Quinn sucks, what would you do? You tell me. You want to start Jared Butler? Or you want to start? You want to start Rudy Gay? Or you want to start? House, You're going to play or... eight guys in this series, man. Yeah. You're going to play Clarkson, House, and Gay off the bench. Forrest will see some time too, I think. But you know, I think very limited. Trent's very limited. I, like he's been one of the guys who. I, I feel like you've kind of hit the ceiling with Trent right now. And it is true. You do need to have Conley or Don on the floor at all times, in my opinion. I, I There's not like you're playing eight guys in this series. That's it. I mean, you're not giving you're not giving Jared Butler minutes in this series. No, you're, you're not. I can see a situation where you have a lineup. You want a lineup adjustment. I could see rotational changes. I, I can see a lineup where you're Don Conley house. Yeah. Clarkson. Yeah. And Rudy, I could see that. I mean, I, I can see playing faster, smaller. You got to find a way to 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 identify very quickly how the Mavericks are going to come at you. How are the Mavs going to attack the Jazz? That's going to be a huge question. Because without Luka, and again, I'm assuming Luka's not going to play in this series. Certainly not in the first four games, I wouldn't think. Yeah. How are the Mavericks going to adjust to that? Because they're not just going to come out and lob up a bunch of threes, I wouldn't think. I would think they're going to try and get in Rudy's head. That would be my guess. Now, they don't have a guy that's going to dunk all over you on that roster. They ain't got that guy. I think you're going to see that they're going to play a hell of a lot of drive and kick basketball. And they are going to force the Jazz to play solid perimeter defense. Yeah, I think they are going to play a lot of pick and roll, and they're going to force Rudy Gobert to defend a three-point shot, which he has been hesitant at best to do. That'd be my guess. If I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I am isolating Rudy Gobert on the high screen and roll. 
That that to me makes the most sense. And if I gotta if I gotta play Clebermore, if I gotta play, you know, whoever there, you know, Davis Bertans, if I gotta play a guy just to make Rudy Gobert respect the pick and roll. Yeah. Because if it's Dwight Powell, Dwight can shoot it a little bit, but you're not worried about him making threes. If Dwight Powell three pointers are beating you, you're fine. Yeah. You're you're gonna live with that. If I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I'm isolating Rudy Gobert at the elbow. And I'm making him defend a three. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's what's, it's Phoenix, Golden State, Dallas. It's what all these teams have done. Houston comes to mind. Like all these teams do that to the Jazz with great success. So now you're in the playoffs. You got to think that's going to be the same thing that you would see. I would think. Um, Teddy says, I think the Jazz in five, I think there's a good chance they win in five. Because I also wonder if, if the Dallas Mavericks just fold. I mean, I mean, if they get down in, I don't see. I don't think they're going to get down though. This is see. This is this is what I think happens. I think there is a chance that the Jazz win Game One, but I also think there's an equal chance that Dallas wins by ten in Game One. You know, and really makes a statement and kind of rocks the boat a little bit here in Game One. And man, then, that's like worst case scenario. Well, I mean, worst case yes scenario. And no, but I think if we really, if we're really being honest about what this game looks like, again, I, a middle of the day game in Dallas. And you're in the postseason. I mean, we need to see because a lot of this comes down to to Jason Kidd as well. Right. What strategies is he going to roll out? How are they going to approach this this game? And honestly, how can they? Because if, if I'm the Mavericks, I'm trying to get Rudy into foul trouble as soon as possible. That would be like objective number one in the first half. Get Rudy with three fouls in the first quarter if he can, and and go about your business. But I I, I think those type of strategies are what I'm curious about because frankly. The Jazz, the one glaring thing about the Jazz is they don't have a great ability to adjust their style of play to what the other team is giving them. So a lot of teams like Brooklyn, let's say, or or Milwaukee or Phoenix, like the better teams in the league or the best teams in the league, have this ability to say, okay, they're doubling Kevin Durant. What's our next, what's our option? All right, well, we're turning it over. Let's call a timeout. Let's write up some strategies. And now here we are getting easy looks. The Jazz are not good at that. So if I'm Jason Kidd and I know that, I'm trying to come out with, with you know, some unique strategies. So that's why I say, like, I think, yes, there's an, there's an opportunity for the Jazz to win this game, no doubt about it. But I also think there's an equal opportunity and chance that, that you know, they're not able to respond to something that Dallas does. And that's what I'm curious. That's what, that's honestly what I'm going to be waiting for in this game one. What does, um, what does Quinn Snyder and this coaching staff respond with when you start getting the switch and when you start getting wide open looks from three in the corner and like, cause we can't have Terrence Mann in the corner again. That's just not going to be acceptable. There has to be an answer to that. So that's what I'm curious about. What will what will the adjustments be when adversity hits and when the Mavericks do something you weren't expecting? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the my my feeling is is that the Jazz. I I would love to see the Jazz win by double digits in Game One, but that doesn't feel like what this is going to be. It it just doesn't seem the way the natural flow of this series. Yeah. That doesn't seem that. And I have a hard time. I mean, you're going to need the Mavericks to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. The turnover numbers, the points in the paint numbers, the offensive rebound numbers, those numbers will really matter in this series. Um, 
because if the if the Mavericks are active and willing, they're they're going to be right in every one of these games. Yeah, because they just are more athletic than you are. I mean, if you if you look at their stats and you look at their rosters and their numbers and who does what for them, I mean, they're just a really a really really active team. I mean, and again, I think this equation completely changes with Luka Doncic's in injury. They don't have a go-to guy right now today. Who's that go-to guy going to emerge to be? Yeah. Who's their Terrence Mann? Yeah. Who is the guy that's going to have a huge moment in the playoffs? Probably nobody because there's not a secret weapon on that team. I mean, you know all these guys. I mean, it, it. my guess is big shots are going to Spencer Dinwiddie. That would be my guess. Yeah. My guess is that – Reggie Bullock's going to have to have a big series for them to win. Well, and I think the switch game is going to go to is going to go to Dinwiddie too. They're going to get him into matchups that are advantageous, no doubt. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. All right, let's get a couple more comments in here. Um, uh, let's see. And Garcia says, "Oh snap, I was correct." LOL. I don't know what you were correct about. Good to see you. Uh, Eric C says, "I'm hearing that with a BYU radio voice." Jeremy says, "Jeremy said, Eric, I think you meant." Fist deep in ranch. Exactly right. Here we go. We're fist deep in ranch on BYU Radio. Can you imagine that being said at BYU Dude. Radio? Jeez Louise. Nope. We're, we're fisting deep into the bowl of ranch. Donnie, you're out of your element. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Uh, Orion1232 says that Jazz have been given preferable matchups in the last couple of years and failed. I don't think the Clippers are a preferable matchup at yeah. all, dude. I, I Not at all. I mean, who have they gotten knocked out by in recent years? Denver, Nuggets was in the Denver bubble. a preferable matchup? No. Um, I think you had an emerging superstar in Nikola Jokic. Their backcourt was better. Their frontcourt was better. Yeah, I mean, I think the Clippers were not a preferable Bro, matchup. Donnie I mean, had to put up 50 just to go to overtime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's a really good point. Teddy says, I can't imagine Luka plays in game one. If Dallas wins, I don't see him playing in game two either. You guys understand that calf injuries, this is not, it would be a stunning reversal if he plays in any yeah. of the first four or five games of this It's series. not worth it to risk tearing your I mean, Achilles, man. It's just not. It, you really need to understand the gravity yeah. of this. Yeah. I mean, a calf injury is, when, and it's the kind of calf injury you have. You know, like the upper calf, the meatier part of your calf. Yeah. Um, if you strain that top layer, okay, you're fine. Like, look at Rudy Gobert's calf strain. Mm -hmm. Like, they, it took everybody a minute to understand that it was a real injury. Because I think he finished the game he injured the calf in. And then didn't he miss, like, the next seven, eight games? Yeah. Or I guess it was nine games he missed. But I also think there was some With a minor calf injury. Too. They, were, they were playing a bit of a game with him as well. Yeah, I, I, the the biggest thing with with this Utah Jazz team is they have a propensity to blow big leads, and you look at the Clippers series as a perfect example of that, and that's carried over into this season where you've lost a lot of fourth quarter leads, and it is it's troubling. So that's why I say you got to come out if you're the Utah Jazz, you got to come out and make a statement in this series. You got to win by twenty, step on their necks, attack the basket, get guys in foul trouble. Yes, uh, because with Luca out, their depth is going to be very tested in this series. I would be attacking the basket. I I would if I'm if I'm Jordan Clarkson, get in the paint, try to dunk on guys again. That was great. Get to the free throw line a lot. Shoot a ton of free throws in this series. Force the officials to blow the whistle. Right, like get after it. That's how you that's how you change their fortune. 
Yeah. And I think when you look at the the Jazz, they're pretty good free throw shooters when they make them. But guys like guys like Rudy can't shoot air balls in this series, right? Rudy's going to get fouled a lot. They got a bunch of smaller dudes and they have bodies in the middle, and he's gonna he's gonna have to shoot free throws and win 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 games on the free throw line. So I don't know. I think that's that's where we are with this team. I I just think that's that's it is what it is. Um, Eric C says, please God, if you really if you're really there, don't give us the Clippers again. Seriously. That motherfucker don't miss, yeah. man. I mean, my God. Jeremy Bolton says, what I like about this Jazz team is Luca's mom. Oh, er, I mean, uh, seriously, I still love Donnie until proven otherwise. Don has showed up every year in the playoffs and has shown up big. Yeah. I agree. And I do like Luca's mom. Uh, uh, Eric. Erich Devera. See, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. Erich. 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 Good morning. Dallas would be stupid to force Luca in this playoff. They need to look long term. I don't think they would want Luca to be a Grant Hill, uh, though he had a different injury. Mavs lineup is it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Big dog, what's up? Shout to Mobamba. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Big Dog coming with some positive vibes. I think with the Jazz being a lower seed in this year's playoff, the pressure is less win or lose, still blow this thing up. Yeah. I think no matter what, they're going to blow it up. Uh, and Garcia says, little known fact, Vivid Arena is built over a Native American burial ground. Oh, oh come on. Come on, Stop. guy. Stop. Come on. Eric C. Said, yeah, don't say that. Dude. Eric C. says they're pretty good free throw shooters when they make them. Put that on a shirt and sell it for twenty four ninety nine. I should. I mean, seriously, when they're they, – they, like this team just has moments where they miss free throws. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're – and it can be nothing short of your jugular's throbbing, so you're missing a free throw. I thought you just said throbbing. Yeah, throbbing. Jugular. <laughs> big, big and veiny. Right, right. Big and veiny. Anyway. You know. Anyway. All right. All right. Make sure you hit subscribe and like. Uh, please. Really helps the channel grow. Uh, where do you want to go next? It's 7.33. We have 30 yeah. minutes. I so. think there is some. I think there. And, and by the way, some of the Twitter comments this morning. This Dante Exum video that's going Dude, around. please. Can we stop with this? Bro. Okay. So everyone's like, oh, my God. Dante Exum is dominating in Europe. Bring him back to the league. Stop. Dude. Do we all realize the cut below that is Euro basketball. Like, all credit to Dante Exum and what he's doing. I actually am the person who says there's no shame in going and playing in Europe, whether you're Dante Exum, Jimmy Fredette, or Mike James. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Like, there's no issue going and getting your money by going to Europe. I just don't think it's something that should be, should be like, a shaming thing or or should be we should be blaming these guys. The fact is, is Dante Exum is not an NBA player. He never has been and never will be, mainly because he's not athletic enough. And the, the reason that he is able to do what he's able to do in Europe is because the quality of player in Europe is a cut below. But again, that's not something that should be used against yeah. Dante Exum. It's it, like it, not everybody is, is gifted with NBA athletic ability. So Nick Whiting is making the argument that um, Dante's biggest issue is constant injury. He had like four season ending injuries with the jazz. A player can't develop if he's constantly injured. Um, none of his injuries were freak injuries. 
the injuries that Dante Exum had, like torn ACL, and it's because his body isn't his body isn't a big body. He was he was a young kid that never really played competitive basketball, um, never got paid to play ball. Yeah, he was a guy that played on a club team in high school. He didn't play competitive high school basketball. Yeah, he chose not to so that he could prepare for the NBA draft, um, and immediately stepped in and he was overwhelmed. He was drowning. He was underwater. And he, he not only did he not make it with the Jazz, he didn't make it with Cleveland. And there's no shame in getting paid to play basketball. And I don't care if that's in Africa, Europe, Germany. Like, I don't care. I really don't care if you think it's us. It doesn't matter. The laundry list of guys who weren't good enough to play in the NBA but made millions of dollars playing in, in China. Look at Jimmer. Like, the, the, the guy is an absolute rock star in China. Right. And why is that? Because he's good enough to play in that league. The J.I.M.M.E.R. is not good enough to play in the M in the NBA. Yeah. Repeatedly, he's been that's been shown guys like 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 him, guys like Dante Exum, guys like look at Stephen Marbury. Stephen Marbury is a generational millionaire, hundreds and hundreds of millions, millions of dollars in net worth because he went to China after flaming out in the NBA built a brand, has one of the, the world's best-selling shoes, and he's won championships there. Yeah, I look at I look at a guy like Jordan Loveridge, the Udalum, who is playing over in Europe and making really good money doing it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's stop saying about Dante Exum specifically, oh, those are freak injuries. You don't tear your ACL accidentally. You can absolutely mitigate ligament injuries with preparation. If you are a guy that has a knee injury, you are going to do far different and more in-depth exercises to create ligament flexibility and strength. Yeah. And guys like Dante Exum don't have the frame to put the muscle required on to compete at the NBA level. The guy could eat a thousand bowls of fettuccine Alfredo and he'll never put on meat. That's just not who he is genetically. Yeah. Dante Exum was one of the... Be real about it. Dante Exum was one of the worst picks in the history of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. I I mean, just if you look at, if you look at Dante Exum in, what was that? 2014, 2014, Dante Exum was the fifth pick. Picked after him, Marcus Smart, better player. Julius Randle, better player. Nick Stauskas, Noah Vonley, Alfred Payton, Doug McDermott, Dario Sarge, nobody cares. 13th pick, Zach Levine, mm. better player. TJ Warren, better player. Yosef Nurkic, now nah, you didn't need him. Um, you know, like I look at some of these other guys and I, I look at Nikola Jokic, second round, 41st pick, better player. Good draft pick. Jeremy Grant, better player, right? Like I can go up and down this list. Joe Harris, better player. Joe Harris was a better player, right? Kyle Anderson's a better player. Boy, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, far better player. Hooping last night. Yeah, he was. Far better player. Rodney Hood. Nah. Jazz second pick in that first round. Not a great player. Bounced around the league, right? You made a huge mistake with Dante Exum. What if you had drafted Marcus Smart instead of Dante Exum? Mm-mm-mm. What if you drafted him? Think about the fortunes of this team. Think about the fortunes of this team in the playoffs last year. Had you had Marcus Smart. I mean, it's a different conversation. Anyway.
Dante XM's gotten enough of our time. Thank you. Couple other things. Need to quit listening to you guys before my drive to the office, Orion 1232 says. Okay, that's fine. Um, and Garcia says, just another outstanding draft pick by the Jazz. Add him to the list. <laughs> Take a shot before listening, Orion. Helps me, Eric C. says. Um, you know what? Anyway, Eric C says, fucking love going live on locked on jazz and stirring the pot. Why does everybody say that? Why does everybody does like, I haven't ever, and I probably should. I don't listen to David Locke's podcast. Locked on jazz is David Locke, the play by play guy for the jazz. And I, he works for the team. What do you think he's going to say? Number one. Number two, like everybody says that, that like, oh, I, I just go in there and stir it up. <laughs> what does that mean? I love that. We love the comments on this show. Yeah. We embrace it. Yeah. Um, speaking of comments, can we talk about Clayton Kershaw real quick before we get to Jack and Twitter and Dad? Let's settle this right now. Clayton Kershaw was perfect through six innings. Sent him back out for the seventh. Perfect through seven. Pulls him out of the game. Dave Roberts is a cocksucker. He should be shot. <laughs> that was the reaction around baseball. I don't know if that's word for word. He should be shot. <laughs> but when you take your emotions out of it, it was absolutely the right move. I have no problem with it. Clayton Kershaw, after the game, told the story of how it went down. He was perfect through six. Dave Roberts went up to him and said, hey, you injury-prone bitch. <laughs> I don't think that's... Apologize. Sorry, that was very Andy Larson guessing at what Dave Roberts said. To... No, I'll stop. Anyway, Dave Roberts went up to Clayton Kershaw and said, okay, what do you want to do here, man? You're perfect through six. Um, how do you want to handle this? And Clayton Kershaw says, okay, one more inning or 85 pitches. Okay, cool. They went one more inning. He threw 80 pitches. They went to the bullpen. Turned into a one-hitter. And after the game, what did they all say? We're focused on winning a World Series. Fucking A. We got bigger fish to fry here, bro. We're not after minnows. We're looking for trout. Largemouth bass. You know what I'm saying? Fat. We're looking for a pike. We're looking for a silver spinner. I don't know what I'm doing, but my point is they're trying to win a World Series. Yeah. And Clayton Kershaw is incredibly important to that. And he has had back injuries, hamstring injuries, vaginal injuries. Like, okay. What? Don't weaponize the female body. Oh, my bad. Uh, he's, had bung, he's had bunghole tearing. Like the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Clayton Kershaw has been injury prone. Why would I risk Clayton Kershaw for an, a win in April? Because stop talking about it being a perfect game. It's just a game in April. Right. It's a game on right. April 13th. But when you throw a perfect game, it's no longer just a game in April. Right. But the chances he was going to throw a perfect game are not high. I guess. The chances of him giving – okay, let me ask you this. Better chance he tears a vaginal lining or he throws a perfect game. Keep it real. <laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? You're supposed to say the words vaginal lining. Dude. The guy doesn't even have vaginal lining in his body. Yet somehow he's, he's going to tear yet a, a somehow disc. he finds a way to tear it. Clayton Kershaw is injury There's prone. There's been 23 perfect games all time in Major League history. Yeah. Right? So I think 
I don't disagree. The guy's injury prone. I don't disagree. It was the right decision to take him out. Okay, great. That's not fun, though. That's not what 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 I think a lot of people would want to happen. So you can make the case in June if he's got a perfect game, you're going to pull him then, too? In, in August, if he's got a perfect game going, you're going to pull him then, too? Like, this guy is a generational talent, probably the best pitcher of his era, and we're not getting him for much longer. He's probably got this and maybe two more but listen listen i wanted them to leave him in the game right okay here we go i wanted him to tear his elbow ligament and never throw again fuck him it's the dodgers well yeah it's true i hate the dodgers i'm just just being honest with you nobody likes the dodgers let's just be real about it let's be keeping it real up in this piece nobody likes the dodgers Nobody. Right. Right? Like, nobody likes them. Nobody likes Dodger fans. Nobody fucking America. Yeah. Nobody likes Dodger dogs. Nobody likes going to Dodger Stadium because you got to go, like, around the world just to find the right entrance to the parking lot. Well, and you got to carry, you know, a Desert Eagle on you, obviously. And then you'll probably leave with brain damage from Dodger fans kicking the shit out of you in the parking lot because, you know, just because you showed up and you're not wearing a Dodger hat. God Um, forbid... Nobody likes the Dodgers. <laughs> Having said that, they did the right thing. Because the Dodgers are trying to win the World Series. Go ahead and try me then. You're not that guy, pal. Wow. You're not that guy. Wow. I hate the Dodgers. I, admittedly, I hate the Dodgers. So I wanted to give some, you know, I wanted to say this again. Some color and perspective to my feelings. When I say fuck the Dodgers, no, I really mean fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. I don't care. Like, let his arm fall off. I don't care. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now having, Kane and B12. Now, having said that, go Padres. All right. Um, <laughs> Little Friar Faithful. Oh, that's exactly right. Um, okay. Jeremy Bolton says, all you need to say to Locke is say, screen assists are the stupidest stat in the world. They mean Jack, and it gets him all riled up. <laughs> okay. Because the homers on Lockdown Jazz are too much. One tiny pinch of salt and the pot is stirred. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Eric, I've go- I've gone cold turkey from Lockdown for two or three weeks now. Eric C says, fuck the Dodgers, Monty. Please, no. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Mr. E says, David Locke once said he saw value in Shelvin Mack. No, he did not. Stop it. <laughs> now, you're go- now you're being ridiculous. You said Shelvin Mack. <laughs> He's never. Nobody compliments Shelvin Mack. Nobody. Chris Karn, good morning. Good to see you, my friend. Who drafts better, the Jazz or the... Okay, not good to see you. Who drafts better, the Jazz or the Arlington football team? Wow. Why bring the Bears up? Why bring the Bears up into this? Just because they're a trash organization who doesn't actually want to win and keeps their head coach five years too long doesn't mean you had to bring them up in this context, all right? Go Chiefs. Um, Eric C. says, oh, I miss those Shelvin Mack days. Nobody misses the So Shelvin. he must have said that. Did he really say he sees value in Shelvin Mack? Bro. Come on. Eric C. says, sometimes nothing cures a hangover like a spoonful of the Monty show. Sometimes? Yeah, every time, obviously. And why take a, why take a spoonful? Take it as an anal suppository. We're getting somewhere. Uh, Spencer-, <laughs> <laughs> Spencer Morgan says the... I like Locke's podcast. You're not going to get criticism, but I learn a lot from him. Yeah, he's a smart basketball guy, no doubt. Brandon Whiteside says, Locke can't handle any negative jazz takes. Your negative show would blow his mind. My <laughs> negative show. Okay. 
Oh, look at Jeremy Bolton. Eric C, LOL. I missed the greatest pick and roll player on the Jazz. Milt Palacio to Jaron Collins. <laughs> wow. Only thing good I ever got from Locke was a Built Bar discount. <laughs> <laughs> hey Um Kay Nuren says, always play to win the big prize. Exactly right. Jake, please put the glasses back on, Eric C says. Nope. Uh, and Garcy says, Dodgers in Boston all day. No. God, why? You would be a freaking Red Sox fan. It makes my head hurt. Okay. You know, can we, yeah. Can we talk about Twitter? Yeah. Can we talk about Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. It's a wasteland of trolls. Can I finish? Can I finish? Um, oh God. Eric commented. Can we get anal suppositories in the description down below, please? Yeah. I'll put up an affiliate link. Um, <laughs> I warn you, I use like a, a pressure. Did you washer. ever get a bidet? No. <laughs> <laughs> why do you, why would you bring that up? Like, why would you do that? Why would you do? Hey man, hey, um, hey, um, hey, hey, fat ass. Did you get a bidet? Hey guys, did, 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 did hey you, guys, did you get a bidet? You know. Oh man, dude. You know. You know. All right, Twitter. Um, Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter. Okay. For forty-three point four billion dollars. Billion. Are you gonna write a check for that? Oh no, it's crypto. My bad. Um, <coughs> crypto. There's an assumption that Twitter's broken. Now, again, as with the Dodgers, no, I hate the Dodgers more than Twitter, but I'm not a huge Twitter fan. Mm -hmm. I use Twitter. I don't use it nearly as much as I used to. Um, it just is what it is. It's a, it's, it is a projectile in your weaponry, right? Like, it just is what it is. It's not broken. You might not like it. But why do we have to try and fix everything? Ma, put a runner on second base to start the 10th inning. You're casual. Why do we have to start? Why do we have to fix everything? Twitter's not broken. That doesn't mean you like it, right? That doesn't mean you like it. So go use TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's broken. We need a pitch clock. No, we don't. Do we need the ability to edit tweets? Yes, we do. That's called Twitter Blue, and I pay for it, and I edit tweets, right? My point is... I just think that you have to to live in a world where not everything can be the way you want it to be. <clears throat> yeah. In fact, we're all better people when we deal with things and adjust to things that aren't the way we want them. Where are we at in society today? Use Twitter for what you need to use Twitter for. What's the average Twitter person got? 200 followers maybe, right? Like there's a mute button. If you don't like people, mute them. But this is this is the thing I say about like when we talk about like Fox News or CNN. Right. If you're only watching one of the other, turn it off for a month. See how your view of the world changes. If you don't like Twitter because all oh, they're trolls and all the assholes. OK, turn it off for a month and see how your view changes. Yeah. It's amazing to me that we hate something that yet we're so addicted to. Mm -hmm. Turn it off. Mm -hmm. Don't use it. But don't sell the Elon Jack because oh, Twitter's broken and we need an edit button. Well, actually, we have an edit button. It's called Twitter Blue. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. Well, I'm not paying for it. Okay, well, then don't pay for it. But then don't complain that there's not an edit button because yeah. there is. It costs you a dollar a month. Deal with it. Why does, why in our society do we have to change? Oh, man, that's not how I want it. Okay. Adjust to it. Make yeah. it your own. 
Yeah. You don't like the process? Figure out how to manipulate well, the process. Well, and I think that's why Elon's trying to buy Twitter. Because he doesn't like it in its current form and he wants to adjust it. But that's what we do in this world. The haves have it and the nots will never have it. Right? Like, the, it's taxes. Everybody's pissed about taxes. Okay? I don't know what to tell you. Make more money. The, do you notice the only people bitching about taxes in this world are the people who don't have any money? Like, I'm telling you, the more money you make, the taxes don't get better. Right? Until you become like a million billionaire, then you can do a bunch of stuff. But, oh, do you itemize your tax return? No. I don't want to pay somebody to do my taxes. Well, then shut up. Right? <laughs> oh, a Twitter sucks. Okay, delete it from your phone. Don't use it. Don't use it. We do this so much in this world where instead of saying, okay, well, you know what? Jimmy's an asshole and he's, you know, he wrecks my life. Well, then why do you guys hang out all the time? Well, he's my friend. Mr. Fucking vaccination genius scientific expert, you fucking asshole. Then cut him out of your life, right? Why do we have negative people in our life? Well, I can tell you I don't. I cut them out. Why do I surround myself with positive people? Because I like positive people. Twitter is just a thing. You don't have to use Twitter, but you also don't have to try and wreck it for everybody who does use Twitter. Yes. That's there's so many things in this world. We've gotten to the point where we just can't talk about anything anymore. Yeah. And this Elon Musk Twitter thing, that's exactly what this is. This is peop this is shaming. This is shaming because you can't do what Jack did. What happened to Donnie's social media platform? Oh, he tried to launch a competitor and how did that go? It's um, failing miserably. Nobody uses it. Why is Twitter such a topic? Because everybody uses it. And it's an amazing device. And it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. You know the best part about Twitter? There's a mute button. Use it. There's a mute button. Why don't I block people? Because I like followers. Why do I mute people? Because I hate followers. When I don't want to hear from you, I just mute you. And guess what? I never have to hear from you again. My choice, right? Twitter works exactly the way it's supposed to work. Well, yes. I want to be verified and I want the blue check and all these cocksuckers with the blue check that aren't me don't deserve it. Well, maybe they do deserve it. Twitter has a process and a set of rules and regs to get verified. Maybe you don't meet those rules and regs, but that doesn't make it right. Yeah, actually it does. <laughs> actually it does. Do you have to be nice to stupid people? Why do we have to change everything that you don't like? Yeah. Baseball, I like ranch dressing. Hey, it, refer to it with its proper name. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is traumatized by the God semen. <laughs> She's traumatized. My point is, I don't understand why, why, uh, hey, like this is the ranch on steak. Yeah. This is that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Catch yeah. up on steak. We're going to Mastro's Saturday, uh, Saturday night, right? Is I'm, I'm going to, yeah. no, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Sunday, Sunday afternoon. at like five. I'm going to pay $56 for a New York strip steak. That's medium. And if I want to put ketchup on that steak, I'm going to do it. If I want to put ranch on that steak, I'm going to do it. You know why I'm going to do it? Because I paid $56 for it and I'll eat it any way I want. Fucking A. Now, I'll tell you this. 
I'm not the guy that puts ketchup or, or ranch on steak. I don't. I put mushrooms. Because that's for idiots. <laughs> Dumbass. I put, <laughs> I, I put mushrooms and shrimp on my steak. And that's how I like it. But guess what? My wife, who is a communist and who is an awful human being, <coughs> drowns her, her French fries in ketchup. <coughs> I mean, takes the entire vat of ketchup that she got from Vladimir Putin because her and Putin are friends. Yeah, what do barrels of ketchup sound for these days? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just trying to make my wife into a villain. My wife likes to drown her French fries in ketchup. She'll be um, like the, she'll get the bottle of ketchup and be like, ah! And she'll like cover the whole thing in ketchup. Kitty cat juices is not all over the place. It's disgusting. It's something, it is something that, that, that Vladimir Putin does. Did she tweet this, that she does this? or No, she doesn't use Twitter or Facebook because they're negative, so she doesn't choose oh, to partake. Okay. Well, there you go. See, it's called being American. So if you want to put ketchup on your French fries, do that. Yeah. I mean, I'll lose respect for you, but go ahead and do that. It's Obviously. fine. U.S. Americans. You get my point. Um, you know. Uh, I'm also ready to take it when Jake puts his uncomfortable face on whenever his girlfriend gets brought up. So wait, is it uncomfortable on your face when your girlfriend hops up? Uh, no, not at all. Oh, no. wait, that's not what he said. Um, <laughs> his girlfriend looks just like Mrs. Monty. It's gotten creepy. No, she doesn't. Well, it used to be that you only dated women that looked like Mrs. Monty, but now... Okay, well, that's what you think, but I don't think that. Well, should we We could do like mugshot comparisons. We're on to Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, let's move on. You're dating like a five-foot blonde now. Mrs. Monty no, is like... five eight. And she's blonde. Yeah. Right. So she's a five footer. Right. Uh, Mrs. Monty's like 5'10", 5 5'11", 5 and right. she's brunette. Right. Well, she's gray. She colors her roots. Right. Anyway, the point is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You're cold. I am. That's cold. That's cold. My wife is brunette. Jake's dating a blonde. But it is what it is. Yeah. At least you don't put ranch on steak. Thank God. No, I don't. No. I don't. Eric C. says, God, Seaman, what have I missed the last week or so? Oh. Oh, who is this? Who is this? Eric C. Oh, bro, you, you you need to just go back and watch all the shows from the last week because it's Monday's been show was off the rail, or was oh, it Tuesday? Shit, Tuesday's show. Me. Greg Hawkins absolutely ruined the comment section at the end of the show on <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> he was here for it on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, Greg went all in on fisting semen. It was amazing. Jeremy Bolton says ranch belongs in uh, um in one place, the bottom of the garbage can. Okay, how excited oh. are you to have Jack in the box? Oh my god. Like, I'm we're we're staying in Mesquite on Friday night. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to LA um because a uh, bucket of bullets on the table is marrying my mother-in-law. <laughs> and so that wedding is next weekend. So, we're going to we're going to stay a week in seriously we're gonna stay a week in la and then you know my man is gonna get married and stuff <coughs> so we're we're gonna go to jack in the box <laughs> but we're staying in mesquite nevada overnight right because we're gonna leave friday night and then we're gonna sleep in mesquite and then drive to la and yeah i'm looking forward to a pepper jack burger mm. Mm -mm -mm. ketchup mustard i mean it's it's amazing it's bomb dude it's amazing i cannot wait Big Dog O-Town says, I, I get censored less on Twitter than other platforms, and I go in uh, hard on the left. Shout to Obama. And I'm no, and no, I'm not Republican. I'm an independent free agent, no political party. Uh, I'm a B1 for life. Okay, yeah, you should be. Right, so you're in the transfer portal then is yeah. what we're saying. Yes, exactly. Uh, K. Nuren says, ranch is bad, only bacon ranch is good. Oh, bacon ranch. Oh, 
I think I threw up a little bit. Do you know how dirty bacon is? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Jake, and I also don't think I have a drinking problem, but some would say otherwise. I don't know what that's in reference to, though. We'll catch up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts today. Jeremy Bolton says, please tell me there is going to be a 10-gun salute at the wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, That so would be awesome, dude. My more liberal-leaning <laughs> mother-in-law is marrying a Trump-supporting, gun-toting, cranky old man. He's an assassin. This is what it is. Who apparently has like botulism chilling at his house because my wife got food poisoning when she was there. Mm, good, good, good. You know. Right. Um, the virus that killed it. Yeah, the virus and stuff. Yeah. Um, but this dude is... This dude's interesting. I don't like... I don't know, man. Is he a jerk? He's probably not a jerk. What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Yeah, like, but he walks around with like bull. He he has a bowl of bullets on his table. He's that dude. You are what you are. Yeah, you walk you walk into his house and there is a bowl of shell casings. I should say, yeah. on his table. Like, hey man, um, you know, look at my biceps and you notice that bucket of bullets. Those are numbers of death. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> right? He's not that guy. <laughs> this is a dude like. I mean, this guy barely stands up correctly. Like, he is an older dude. Like, mm -hmm. he's 80 going on 117. Like, I mean, this is not a young man. Right, right. Why you got a bucket of bullets on the coffee table? Like, he's got, like, weird pictures of cats and shit in his house. That's the other thing. I think he's a cat guy. <laughs> I think he's a cat See, guy. See, you're, you're pushing it now. Mrs. Monty turned around in the chair. He has pictures of cats in his house. They're tigers, okay? Oh, my bad. He has. <laughs> Am I wrong? He's got pictures of cats oh. in his house. I don't think I'm wrong about that. He's got that weird hairless cat thing on the wall. Right? It's an Egyptian feline, please. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Every dude like here's some pussy. I mean, I, you know. But no, seriously, he's got a hair, a picture. What kind of dude has bullets on the table and a hairless cat on the wall? You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. I'm not making this up, I swear. Yeah, I mean, he does have pictures of cats on the wall. There's no That's way. weird. And he's got like two curio cabinets next to each other in his living room. I don't know, man. And he's got like a tray ceiling that makes no sense. Like it's yeah, it's an odd maze house. And ups, like if you try to walk up his stairs, you will pinch your fingers on the railing. I think his house is a torture chamber with botulism okay. on the walls. I could be wrong. Okay. He's got a beautiful backyard, though. I'm just curious where the bodies are buried. But he's got a beautiful backyard, but the yep. house is weird. Is the house, am I wrong? Vibes-wise, it's a little weird. They're missing uh, a fucking medicine cabinet yeah, in the bathroom. The, the vibes are a little interesting in that house, no But doubt. he's got but, pictures I of mean, hairless cats on the wall. Yeah, he's not my cup of tea, but what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I, I yeah, I, I tend to agree <laughs> some things are weird. Kay Nuren's like, yeah, I love guns. They can be a lot of fun. But, Kay, do you have a bucket of bullets on the coffee table? Like, it's, you it, want to? Am I yeah? Am I wrong? It is a bowl. Yeah, it's of literally shell a bowl of 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 jackets of yeah Spent shell bullets. casings, and and they're not little ones. These are like you know rifle shell casings. Um. Well, well, he's definitely feeding that kitty by now. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Dingers. Yeah, good old bucket of bullets has probably fed the kitty a few times. A little bolt action. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Monty, your previous shows tell us he's more than a jerk. Um, 
I, I choose to move forward after he spilled a drink at, at Morton's. I mean, now I'm being a jerk. I should stop. My wife is not. My wife is really not happy. It became how, personal with me. Erich Devera says, if Mrs. Monty is 5'10", how tall are you, Monty? I'm 5'4". I'm 5'4". Uh, Monty's about 5'5", five, five, Eric C. says. 5'4", uh, on a good day. Right. I wear lifts in my shoe. No, I'm, I'm just short of 6'4". I'm about 6'3". But in my old age, I'm probably shrinking and my hair is falling out. So we have to go. You should probably play the music. Yeah. Because it's like 8'03". And we'll have to go to the inventory. Make sure you hit uh, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, please, if you're here now. That would really help the show. Please hit the like button um, on our YouTube channel. If you're listening on podcast, God bless you, friends. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Shop our affiliate links below. It's on my Twitter feed and in the affiliate <clears throat> links. The AirPod Pros are 30% off. There's a link right Take to them below. Man. They are the best beauties ever. Until tomorrow. Uh, or no, until Monday in Los Angeles. Yes, until Monday. We'll be back Monday in Los Angeles. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.